listening to the Capture Paranormal Podcast. Greetings and welcome to the Capture Paranormal Podcast. My name is Jason, and on this episode, it's our second week of the brand new Ghost Hunters reboot with Grant Wilson, and we're going to be reviewing the new episode that just aired, titled Lady in the Window. For this week, unfortunately... You guys are stuck with me. That's right. You're getting a solo podcast here, a solo review from yours truly, all about this Ghost Hunters Episode 2, Lady in the Window, which I will get to and give you my thoughts and my review just after this. Stick around. Pairbox is a monthly subscription program that starts for as little as $5 a month. With your subscription, you'll receive clues to help you solve a mystery that could win you free merch. Want a little more? Subscribe to the next tier to receive a brand new paranormal-related t-shirt delivered monthly. From UFOs to Bigfoot, haunted locations to the Jersey Devil, who knows what the newest t-shirt design may be. But you could by signing up at paraboxmonthly.com. Use the promo code CAPTURE to receive 10% off your order. That's right. Use promo code CAPTURE for 10% off your Parabox monthly order, courtesy of Capture Paranormal Podcast. So on this brand new episode of Ghost Hunters featuring original founder Grant Wilson, along with his brand new ragtag team of paranormal investigators, they head to Albion, New York, and the Pillars Estate, where the current owner, Tony feels that something does not want him to leave as he is in the process of selling the residence. Well, let's let's call it what it is. It's a mansion. This place is huge. Anyways, it was originally owned by William and Murdy Carr. And Murdy had a heart attack. I believe it was on Christmas Eve. As they mentioned, she was done wrapping presents. Uh, she was going up the stairs and happened to unfortunately have a heart attack right at the top of the staircase, and unfortunately, yes, she passed away. However, William later remarried a woman named Patricia, who was a dancer, whom they mentioned, I guess, disliked any kind of reminder of Murdy in the house. And before Murdy passed away, she claimed that she loved this house so much that she would never leave, and apparently it would seem so as Tony, the current owner, has been having many issues in the home. Which brings out our fearless team, the Ghost Hunters, to Albion, New York, to investigate this mansion. And one of the very first claims here is a certain picture, which seems to look like a woman standing in a top window. As the story goes, Tony took the picture of his home to send uh, to his father, who then asked Tony who the woman was standing in the window. And when Tony reviewed the photo, you could see what looked to be the face of a woman in the window. There was also claims that Tony made of seeing a woman in one of the second floor bedrooms laying on one of the beds one night, which gave him quite a startle, and he claimed to have jumped back at least three feet. And another claim at this residence is of a piano key being played, kind of like a, uh, I guess as he, he described it, a bing, 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 which I don't know about you, but from my from my knowledge, 
According to Mr. Peter Vankman, ghosts hate that. So starting the investigation on the episode, we saw Rochelle and Brian, the good friends, which I which I need to make a uh, correction from our last uh, Ghost, Hunt, Ghost Hunters review episode. I think we mentioned that Rochelle might have been married to Brian's brother or some type of family connection there. Uh, actually, they are just friends. Brian and Rochelle's husband became very best friends, and that's the kind of connection there. But regardless, going back to the episode, we started with Rochelle and Brian uh, kind of trying to find this window where the woman supposedly uh, was in the picture, the, the photograph of the woman in the window. And they seemed to have a pretty hard time finding that window. They were kind of up in the... Uh, top tier of the residence, couldn't really find an exact window, ended up finding a, uh, I guess, a, a doorway in the wall that led to an attic, and right in there was where they found this window. However, Rochelle, being the trooper she is, climbed in there, found the window that they were looking for in that dirty, dingy attic. However, it would have been impossible for the positioning uh, as well as even just the movement and the side in which the ghost woman in the, in the photograph was supposedly looking out the window. So with those things kind of lining up together, was it debunked? They kind of debunked it. I would say they debunked it. There was absolutely no way that... Uh, a normal person could stand up in that window the way the face was. The window was kind of uh, in, a, in a small area, and there was no way that anybody could stand beside that window, let alone it being in an attic where there's no room to move to begin with. However, with spirits, you know, they say there's residual spirits and hauntings and ghosts can move through walls. I guess you could take that stance on it if you would like. However... I do believe it was just simple. I mean, we've talked about this before. Um, pareidolia, seeing things in images that are not actually there. I see these pictures all the time online, whether it be Instagram or Facebook, people taking pictures of a window and they claim there's a, a little boy standing there or, or an old lady's face or an old man's face in the window. When in reality, with the reflection it has with uh, dirt being on the windows, uh, reflection of the sun, tree reflection, there's so many answers to these questions that people just do not want to look into. They want to jump right to it being a ghost. And unfortunately, that's just not the way you, you should be conducting this if you think that there's a spirit in your in your photograph. There's just so many different things that it could be. And unfortunately, pareidolia is real. So if you're unfamiliar with the term pareidolia, please look it up and see some examples and help uh, clean up the whole uh, paranormal field with uh, people posting their pictures of what they think is a ghost when really it's just some dirt on a window. They just don't really want to admit it. Anyways, we move on to Grant and Daryl who are in the ballroom, I believe, and they're kind of investigating the piano key incident, uh, checking to see if there was any rodents that could have possibly been in the, the piano itself, causing this uh, the keys to go off. However, it was fairly clean. They didn't find anything in there that would lead to it being a rodent or anything like that. Uh, the piano was, as they claimed, super clean inside. 
and there was no issues there. Um, so with that, they really had no answer for the piano key going off. However, while they were kind of investigating that portion of it, they heard what they claimed to be a woman's voice in the ballroom, which they went to investigate. Um, didn't really come up with anything other than hearing it. Following that, we return with Brandon and Mustafa, who are on the second floor, investigating the claim of the woman in the bed. They had their 3-in-1 uh, geophone temperature EMF detector device with them. They were using uh, actually some of Murdy's jewelry and buttons, I believe, that once belonged to her that they got from family members. Uh, they were trying to get asked questions. They seemed to be getting some uh, EMF spikes with that. Uh, they also heard a woman's voice. After that segment, we saw Grant and Kristen bring the homeowner Tony in to try to see if he was maybe a conductor for these spirits. Uh, maybe they were attached to him and they'd be more open uh, to communicating while he was there. Uh, during that little interview, I believe Tony was uh, mentioning that his mother's picture on the mantle had been moved. And right at that point, we see the tri-field meter in, I guess, a hallway or a doorway to another room uh, go off, which detected uh, some type of elect electromagnetic field in the area, uh, which was strange to them because it happened as soon as uh, he mentioned his mother, Mary, when the device had been quiet the entire evening up until that point which then kind of got the ball rolling on them thinking maybe there maybe there's more than one spirit maybe it's not just murdy maybe it's uh tony's mother mary and so that kind of got them thinking and kind of shifting gears in the investigation of going more towards uh communicating with mary as opposed to murdy so that kind of shifted the whole investigation into that direction. So then we go to Brandon and Mustafa, who are in the ballroom. They have the three-in-one device on their on the piano. And whenever they mention Tony, it seemed to go off. So again, going back to the thought that maybe it was uh, Tony's mother, Mary, that was connected to him. So anytime they brought up Tony, she would set off the device, the three-in-one device, the EMF detector. We then go to Daryl and Kristen, who seem to be getting some EMF hits whenever they are talking about uh, Tony selling the house. The whole idea is Tony feels that something in the house does not want him to, to sell the house and to move on. They want to stay there. Now, whether it's uh, Tony's mother, who wants him to stay there and she wants him to be happy or if it's Murdy who has seen what Tony has done with the Pillars of State and really enjoys it and likes him and wants him to stay because she doesn't want some strangers coming in she has seen what Tony has done with the place and all the work he's put into it just as she did when she was alive and the idea going back to before her death, claiming she would never leave, maybe she hasn't left, and she's just so happy now that Tony has renovated the place, and it's back to being what it possibly was, or even beyond what it what it was before, and she doesn't want him to give it up. She doesn't want him to leave. She wants him to stay. 
very well could be one of the answers for that as they're getting EMF detector hits whenever they're bringing up uh, the sale of the home. So again, Brandon and Mustafa have the EMF detector getting hits with a teacup when they're asking questions. And I got to say, it was uh, it was actually fun to watch uh, Brandon and Mustafa when they're getting these EMF hits because they're so excited. And it's exactly the way um, a real paranormal investigator is when you're getting these hits on, on a device and you're just so ecstatic and it's amazing. And you get like a rush almost. It's like it's a really weird rush that you get when you when you have a feeling that you're communicating with something, and uh, especially through a K2 device or a millimeter, it's very it's very fun when things like that start to happen on an investigation. And to see Brandon and Mustafa, just the look on their faces, and they're just so excited, and you can tell it's genuine. It was really amazing. It was really awesome to watch, uh, and one of the main reasons that the this season is is turning out to be a pretty good season. I mean, we're only two episodes in, so we can't really uh, base it on the first two episodes, but with those two especially, and going back to Brian and kind of uh, his humor with Rochelle, uh, the team's just, it seems like the team's there, and they're they're really good to watch. So, with that, thus concluded episode two, Lady in the Window, the Ghost Hunters reboot with Grant Wilson and his new team, the analysis pretty much showed they could not figure out the lady in the window and pretty much chalked that up to just, like I said before, being dirt on the window, something to that effect. They also had an EVP, which apparently uh, it was a voice, woman's voice saying here, and there was another one that was kind of unintelligible. However, they kind of came to the conclusion that... There may not be just one spirit in the house. There might actually be two, that being Tony's mother, Mary, as well as previous owner, Murdy. So whether or not Tony decides to sell the house or stay, I, we might find that out on a future episode. Maybe a, a maybe in a look-back episode, they'll fill us in on what happens there with the current owner, Tony. But that wraps up the... Ghost Hunters Episode 2, Pillars Estate in Albion, New York. And that wraps up this quick cut episode of the Capture Paranormal Podcast. Be sure to please check out CaptureParanormal.com. It has all our information on there from our videos to our events, our upcoming events, to the Haunted Hillview Farm and how to book there. We have a new event coming up, a public event at the Haunted Hillview Farm, which you can learn about at Capture Paranormal and just hit up the Haunted Hillview Farm tab in the menu or the events tab in the menu and that'll take you to the Eventbrite link where you can buy tickets. There's only six tickets available for the Haunted Hillview Farm public event. So if you're in the Dutton, Ontario region, you can come on out, take our gear, the Capture Paranormal gear, and try to find evidence for yourself at Haunted Hillview Farm. Be sure to check out facebook.com slash captureparanormal Give us a like on there. If you're more of an Instagrammer, check out at Capture Paranormal. Give us a follow. We'll follow back. If you're more of a Twitter person, please check out at Capture Paranorm. Also, if you go to CaptureParanormal.com, there's a shop tab in the menu where you can check out some of our designs up there. You can put them on a t-shirt or a mug or a sticker. There's our professional ghost hunters 
Pac-Man ghost image. That's a very popular one. We also have this is my ghost hunting shirt and a couple other cool designs up there that you can get and help out the team a little bit. We do all of our residential investigations free of charge. So the support that we get through the t-shirt funds and our public events, things like that, help us keep the website going, help us keep this podcast going. And please, if you have a spare moment, rate and review the podcast. We would enjoy it greatly. If you enjoy what you hear and want to help support us, please do that, rate and review. And other than that, we also have a Patreon page. If you go to patreon.com slash captureparanormal, for as little as $3, you can get a shout-out on the Capture Paranormal podcast. You can also get things like a shout-out on a future Capture Paranormal video found at youtube.com slash captureparanormal. has all our episodes, all our Paranerd talks, and your name could be on there as one of the supporters. So yeah, check out patreon.com slash captureparanormal. For tiers starting at $3 a month, you can get a shout-out, you can get exclusive videos, exclusive live content, exclusive audio, exclusive, exclusive, exclusive everything to do with Capture Paranormal, and we'd really appreciate the help. And if you're in the southwestern Ontario region, make sure to go to CaptureParanormal.com if you're having any issues with what you think is paranormal experiences, ghosts, spirits, anything like that. We do investigations free of charge. If you're in the southwestern Ontario region and you're having issues in your home, please go to CaptureParanormal.com or send us a message on Facebook.com slash CaptureParanormal. Give us some information and maybe we can come out and try to help you out and see what's, see what's going on in your home or business. Other than all of that, we want to just thank you for listening. And make sure you check out the next episode of the Capture Paranormal podcast. We'll see you next week for episode three of Ghost Hunters. Hopefully, you won't have to listen to me rambling on for 15 minutes all by my lonesome. But things happen and, you know, I want to get this content out for you. So, I will do whatever it takes. And if that means I have to ramble on for 15 minutes by myself, I will do that. So, to wrap this up, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. For more information on Capture Paranormal, visit CaptureParanormal.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Capture Paranormal Podcast.